Who set the example for you to become a child of God? Who set the example for you to follow Christ? Does that sit with you somehow? Does it register there that who set the example before you that caused you to turn your life towards the Lord and walk with Him? There's a lot of thoughts about that. I had a bunch of thoughts about this earlier and, uh, you know, trying to condense it down to what I felt like pertinent, really things pertinent that the Lord just wanted me to bring up, simple and easy, but something that would, would touch our hearts about being an example. An example is nothing more than just being shown alongside by another. Someone that is walking with you or walking before you and they're just showing you alongside their life and the goodness of God that they're experiencing. And maybe you sit here tonight you can think of uh, a certain one or several that has had such an impact on your life when you came to the Lord. It was, a, it was really a, one of the main points or focal points of, of you beginning your walk with the Lord. You think back, you know, this person was such an example and had an influence on my life. And I thank God for them today. You know, I have several, have several that I can relate to. Several that had a, a work in my life. But one of the strongest, you've heard me say a time or two, was my dad's oldest sister. <clears throat> the only thing she really knew was about salvation. But I'll tell you what, she was seated salvation and I believe she must have been fully sanctified because I've never heard nothing or saw nothing out of her mouth or her attitude or actions that was not godlike in the little Baptist church that I grew up in that I knew that she had a heart for the Lord I believe in her heart that she knew without me saying much to her the calling that the Lord had placed upon my life. And all the times that she wanted me out of all my brothers to come over, some of them was bigger, do the job quicker. And I had one younger than me there at the time beside my sister's come and work for them. You know, do cut the grass and just do them numbers, trim the hedges and uh, just come over and sweep her house. And Uncle Fred had passed away and she's by herself and, and uh, all of her children grown and many, many grandchildren. She, uh, 
She'd call me and come. And she always had that special time with Sherry. She said, all right, read you. She said, come here, son. She said, she said, I want to read you something from the Bible. I said, all right. Of course, being not telling her, you know, how the Lord, I mean, she, I got saved in her Sunday school class. And it was two weeks after that when the Lord called me to preach. And not sharing with her all the things about the Lord calling me to preach. I hadn't told my mom or daddy or nobody kept it to myself. But it was like a, I could feel myself at times like a sponge. <clears throat> As a young boy, soaking up the things that I needed to hear from God, that I really needed to hear from Him. But it wasn't that what she just read those things. She expounded them. She gave me the good commentary of her own heart to what they were saying. And that's what really stuck in my heart for even till today. Those serious things, those serious moments, those quiet moments would just hurt me. And I had many others that helped shape my life. You know, that were somewhat mentors to me in helping me towards the Word of God and understanding what the Lord would be saying to what their understanding they would share. And I think, I like that. I like that. <laughs> One day the Lord's going to help me do some of those things, I'd say. <laughs> He's going to help me do some of those things because I like those things. I like what he says. And one of the things that's always, I was talking this morning about things that we experience from the Lord that we can see that none others can see or we can hear that none others can hear. And Brother George, when I was between my two older brothers in the bed and woke up out of a, out of a solid sleep, woke up and I, Set up. And it's like I was waiting on the Lord. And then I had my experience with the Lord. Of the hammering of the nails that I could hear just as plain as someone was sitting there in the room hitting on a piece of iron that was echoing. And the Lord speaking to me and said, I did this for you. Three times, three nights in a row, Sister Betsy. On the second night, I woke up, Gerald and Jean, I said, wake up, wake up, listen. For what? I said, listen. For what? I said, the hammer. The hammer of the nails, listen. You couldn't hear me. Or you hear things, you quit. You just in a dream. Go back to sleep. <laughs> and the third time, I woke them up, they couldn't hear it. That I could hear. And on that third time, that Lord, uh, the Lord said, I did this for you. He said, I'm calling you to go and do for me what I've done for you. Give your life. Give your life to me. 
And I used to say, what can I do? I'm just a young 13 year old boy. What can I do, Lord? I'm just a child, more or less. <clears throat> give your life to me like I give my life for you. So yeah, who set the example for you? Who is your witness? Is the reason that you might say that I'm saved today and serving the Lord. Who was it that wouldn't give up on you? They set an example before you by the way they lived, the way they walked, how their life, their conversation was. How that you found yourself wanting to lean or get near to, to hear what they were saying or going to say. And you did not shun them because there was something inside of you that was being drawn to what they were saying, what their life was experiencing. And you know, you had a longing in your soul for the same. That you just didn't know how to piece it together like a puzzle. Maybe you were young like myself, or you could have been older like Sister Betty said. She was older when she got saved and come to the Lord. She wished you'd have done it much earlier. And I think of my life, I. I wish that you know would have done that for happier soul. And I wasn't a perfect child by no means from the time that through those 13 to, to 21. I found myself all the time, Sister Pearl. I was repenting all the time. But I understood what repentance was. I'd been taught properly by Aunt Evelyn what repentance was. I don't know at the time. She'd say, do you really understand repentance? I said, I think I do. She said, this is what real repentance is, Ricky. This is what we must live if we want to go to heaven, if we want to see our Jesus. I said, yes, ma'am. I want to see him one day. But you know, my mind was, was young. Didn't. Didn't fully understand all the things for the Hancock. But I was learning. <laughs> Maybe I was like Timothy in connection to Paul. Tell me more. <laughs> I want more, you know. Are we an example today? Are we an example to someone or to others today? I look at the scripture all through the Old Testament and New Testament. I look at a lot of, of passages that uses the word example to exhibit an illustration to another. An example. I found something amazing about an example. In a spiritual sense, it's one that helps to nourish another. If I'm an example to you, Sister Pearl or Sister Carol, then I'm helping to nourish you in the spiritual sense of God's Word. The things that I'm teaching, the things that I'm preaching is nourishing you. It's giving you nourishment in your spiritual life with the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All kind of examples I, I found in the old and new. But I'm going to begin here tonight with one very simple 
And I have some things that the Lord was just speaking to my spirit about. John 13 and 15. Jesus set forth a great example. He set forth a great example. He was always doing this before the disciples and for all those that followed Him. He was always setting forth good examples for them to follow. For them to walk alongside Him. You've heard that saying. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That don't mean that Paul wasn't saying, you walk behind me and you mimic everything I do. He said, walk along with me as I follow Christ. Walk hand in hand with me as I follow Christ. You don't just walk behind me and mimic what I do, you do. But walk along beside me and watch you feel and experience from the Lord. Amen. Rejoice in it. Rejoice in that. And move forward in what the Lord may be working in your life. Move forward. Allow the Lord to to bring you on closer to his fellowship. But in John 13 and 15, Jesus said to the disciples, those that were his brethren, he said, I've given you an example that you should do even, even as I have done unto you. And here he was doing something very simple for every one of them to comprehend something as simple as feet washing. You know that's something that there's very few church groups today continue to do feet washing. They do. Many of them, they hold to the ordinance of communion, but not the feet washing. That's old time. That was old days, you know. Not today. We don't do that. <laughs> why don't we do it today? You know, why don't people do it today? It's because there's Something in the heart that says I'm too good to do that. But they missed the whole point of what feet washing is all about. Jesus said, I've done an example to you that you should do to one another. As I've done it to you. You should do it. That feet washing. All you're doing is you're coming before your brother in honor, showing honor to your brother or your sister. That I'm willing to be a servant to you. I'm willing to help you in your walk with the Lord. I'm willing to share my life with you as you follow the Lord. I'm willing to to show the respect that God wants you to live, to honor Him. I want to show you respect that God rejoices in your walk. And when I see people that walk in a, a close walk with the Lord, I really respect them. Because I know they have the goods, as we would say. They got the goods. 
It ain't just mouth. You know, it's in their mouth. <laughs> There's so many people's got mouth religion. They got they got uh, that in their mouth, but just ain't got it to their heart. Because their heart, Jesus told son in his day, he said, it's far from me. But that example of feet washing. He said, now, as I have done this, you should do to one another. And you know, there was a custom, just a custom. They were all able to identify with what he was saying because it was customary. It was a tradition that when you had guests to come to your house, one of the first things that you would do was Unleash their sandals and wash their feet for them. Take some water and and clean their feet. And of course, if they didn't have, they had open shoes. We had closed shoes. Their shoes was open. They had some pretty nasty, stinking feet. I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> don't you imagine? I imagine. Now they can get stinking pretty much if you don't wash them too much. But that washing your feet. You ever? You ever come in from the field? As many of you raised up working on a farm, whatever, and you come in from the field and your feet was dirty. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you had your mama to say, You better not come in this house with them nasty feet. <laughs> so what would you do? You'd get on the back porch with a foot tub and you'd wash them feet off. Before you come in the house and you were running in the spring and summer barefoot. Now we had shoes on, we made sure that there was no mud and we cleaned them off. Before we come into the house. And a lot of houses back then just had linoleum scattered throughout the whole house, you know, in the living rooms and kitchen and all that was about the floor that you had. But you'd sit down and wash those feet, and you ever recognized immediately how refreshed you felt, how clean you felt when you washed those feet? What made you? It just kind of refreshed you. Right. You know, you'd, you'd bore the heat of the day working out in the field. You're a little bit tired, but just washing your feet. Cleaning your feet. Coming in. And Jesus said, I did this as an example that you should do. Powerful example that he set forth. There was something of a mystery in the feet washing that many people miss. They miss that close brotherhood, sisterhood of love <coughs> that is between one another. Oh no, I, I'm going to wash her feet. I'm going to wash his feet. It's not necessary. You know, I've actually had people to ask me, do you believe we have to wash feet to go to heaven? Yes. <laughs> I said, Jesus said this. I'll answer it with what he said, what he said in his word. Happy are ye if you do it. <laughs> so you might not be too happy if you don't do it. But if you do it, you may be much happier. <coughs> Amen. Happier with your walk with him and your walk with your brother. Your brother. We don't 
like to hear have it quoted too many times too. am I my brother's keeper <laughs> we're supposed to help each other Amen. love one another Amen. care for each other that was just one example that Jesus said before his disciples that they should do as he done and he told them he said in many of his examples that he said, and I've read so many this afternoon, looking and trying to narrow down what the Lord would want me to share and not spend so much time but trying to share so much of the Bible about examples. But so many things that he set before them as examples that they should do as he had done. And that's what we're doing tonight as his children. He set forth examples of witnessing to others, to speaking, sharing the gospel. That's what we're to do as His children and as His church. His church, as His children, Sister Betsy, we, we go out and, and we share the gospel. But the whole purpose that He established the church was that there may be brotherhood and sisterhood to one another. A connection to one another that we need each other. And that there would be discipleship going on. Because that discipleship is important. And if there's a church that's not doing any discipleship, they're not helping others to grow they're not helping others to to grow in their relationship and learning to walk in their relationship and to be an example so that others will take note of what their life is and that they may ask how do I do these things that you do well, the word teaches us this is what God says in His Word. He did it as an example. Christ did. All the things that we can just go into in the New Testament. We can go back to the Old Testament. Back to Abraham's day. The things, that, the examples that Abraham did. The things that we could look at at what Samuel did. And, and the things David. I mean, we can look at so many lives, so many men's lives that just has example after example that they did before the people. Set forth an example that we should do. We should follow. So many times when we have people that say, I'm going to take this person, I'm going to be their mentor. I'm going to mentor them. They want me to be their mentor. They've asked me to help mentor them. To help teach them. They want to grow in the Lord. They want to understand the Lord's Word. And they're looking at one that they think that is mature in their walk. They've, they've grew in their walk. And they've got wisdom. And they've got such knowledge and such understanding 
And those are the three things that we need desperately as God's children. We need the knowledge of His Word. Amen. 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 Yes. We need the wisdom that His Word can work in our lives to provide the means of ministry. You know how to minister. How to minister. You don't push something on somebody. You don't cram something on somebody. You feed them with it. Amen. You share it with them. <coughs> and the understanding that why I'm doing it. Well, it's simply because I'm putting forth the effort to live myself. And I'm going to help them to live a spiritual life. I'm going to help them walk spiritually with the Lord. The examples that the Lord set are so great. Many men in the Bible share things. Paul shared things here with 1 Timothy 4 and 11. First Timothy 4 and 11. Paul was sharing with Timothy. Timothy being a young pastor. Young man. Leaning upon the Apostle Paul as being a mentor and a teacher to him. And Paul was saying, these things command and teach. He said, this is not just a take it or leave it. Accept it if you will. This is God's command. This is the things that God charges us that we must live. That if we're going to be an example to others, these are the things that's going to have to be in our lives operating. He said, don't let any man despise you because you're young, Timothy. He said, but be an example of the believers. He said, be that example in word. In word. He said, in the things you speak, in the things you share, in the things you invite people to hear. He said, be an example of the believers that are around you. He said in your conversation and the way you live your life in charity, the love that's in your heart. He said in your spirit that you've got a beautiful, clean spirit. He said in your faith that you're always trusting you're always leaning on the Lord for guidance. Right, he said, and in purity, keeping yourself cleansed from inbred sin. Keeping yourself holy with the Lord. That's some pretty straight examples that we should follow. That Paul was telling Timothy, the Lord has set this all before us through his own personal life. Isn't it a blessing when you talk about someone that was 
that was or still is, if they're living such an example to us, Sister Ernestine, you can say, there's one, you know, they're, they're in their life, in all these, these various descriptions here that I give out, all the different workings of God in our life, of His love. And you can talk about, you know, the person that I admired and had great respect for had such a love for God. They have such a purity in their life. Oh, they had such holiness in their life. And they weren't somebody always just, just mouthy, you know, trying to make racket or trying to, to, to speak to where everybody around could hear them and, and set their sights on them. It was just their life. They were just an ex example, or they still are an example to anyone that looks at their life and examines things about them. And the word that they speak, the word of God, they speak it with clarity, they speak it with wisdom, they speak it with great understanding that they're experiencing it themselves. Amen. Amen. And then First Peter, another brother in the church. First, First Peter 2 and 21. First Peter 2 and 21, he says, For even hereunto were you called, Saying here, he's relating of Christ being our great example. He said, because Christ, he also suffered. <laughs> he suffered for me, for you. He said, for us. Leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Because he was one that who knew no sin. And there wasn't any guile in his mouth. This is the kind of example that our Lord has left for us to follow. We have a strong example through Christ's life. And we have strong examples from brothers and sisters today that we greatly respect. No doubt about their life. <coughs> that they've never wavered. I always remember as a young minister, Brother Jerome Lewis, when I began to evangelize in the church, Brother Jerome told me after a couple of months, I was back in St. Mary's <clears throat> one Wednesday night, and he walked over to his house to visit with him, son, and he said, Brother Ricky, he said, whatever you do, in the ministry. He said, stay close to the Lord and don't make mistakes. Don't purposely make mistakes. He said, Brother Ricky, he said, because they'll follow you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. So people don't forget them. Yeah. So the Lord forget and forget, but he said, people won't. Mm -hmm. I said, Lord, help me to 
never falter on you. That's what I've always said. I always said, I'm not going to backslide with the Lord's help, Sister Brandon. That's right. With the Lord's help. I can't trust totally in Ricky that I got it together. I can handle it. No, I need the Lord's help to handle it. Everything I handle. And with the Lord's help, I don't have no intention of ever going back. With His help, I won't go back. Praise the Lord. Whatever I face, whatever I experience or suffer, and that's what Peter was being told here as he was sharing. He said the things that that we suffer, he said, remember Christ suffered for us. And in those sufferings that he experienced, he left us an example that yes, you can suffer. You can have troubles. You can be persecuted. You can go through some Severe trials. You can experience all these things. And still not sin. Still not sin. It won't make you sin. That has to come forth from your heart as a decision to commit against God. To commit against Christ. And then of course Jude said I like what Jude said and has to say very powerful. Jude 7 says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. And this is the, this is the main part of this verse. Are set for an example. Are set for an example the vengeance or suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. God has given us examples in His Word. We have many of them in the Old Testament. Those that turn away from the Lord and those that rebel against the Lord. Earth opened up, swallowed up the sons of Korah. 32,000. They rebelled. You know, many examples that we have in the Old Testament of God's vengeance. He said us here in the New Testament. <clears throat> let's don't be a Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's don't be a city. Let's don't be a town. I know we, Brother George was sharing earlier about there's so much drugs and alcohol and stuff all in our community. And it's just scattered about in so many communities. And Satan's got them so busy living that they're not concerned about dying. They're not concerned about dying. They're going to face an eternal judgment of God. And it will either be His vengeance or His heavenly bliss that has been prepared for us to receive. And I know we're all going to go. I know we're all going to go. I know where you're going to go. We've got many things to do for the Lord. It's not over we're not through. <laughs> it's not over and we're not through. God's trying to help us. To do the things He wants us to do. Bill Ed to read here another another 
scripture. So here, Zechariah. Maybe this will bring the closing point here. Zechariah 4 through 6. Zechariah is calling for national repentance. He's calling out to God's people. Zechariah 1 and 4, he said, Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried. He said, Those prophets, the former ones that have cried, they're going on. They're going on. They finished their work. They finished the call that was on their life and fulfilled that call. Be not as your fathers unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn me now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear nor hearken. He said they would not hear them and they would not hearken unto me. Is what the Lord is saying through Zechariah. He said, turn. Turn to me. Turn from your evil ways. But they would not hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Then he says, your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? No. No. They've gone on. He said, but my words... That's the very key. One of the key points there in this verse here. He said, My words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us according to to our ways and according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us. God's going to deal with this world. He set examples for us to follow. People don't want to hear, Brother Mark. They don't want to hear his word and they don't want to answer to him that is speaking. The sad thing is, he's going to deal. He's going to deal with this world. Yes, he is. And whether this world has tuned God out, God's day is coming. Amen. That his son's going to have this world in tune with what's fixing to take place. And there's no turning back. What God said is going to happen. He's going to deal with us exactly what He said that He's going to do in His Word. God loves us, church. He proves it, proves it, proves it over and over and over and over. Over and over He proves His love. I'm glad that He does. I'm glad He ain't given up on us yet. I'm glad he hasn't given up 
on the work that he wants done in this earth yet. You know why? Why I'm glad he hasn't given up on the work that he wants done in this earth because you and I have a lot of loved ones that are lost. And if he was to do it now, they're going to be lost and go into an eternal destruction. They're going to go out into an eternal hell because they're lost. And I'm glad that we still have opportunity. The Lord is presenting for us to go and share, to go and take, to go and be what He wants us to do. Who are you an example to? I hope to everyone. I hope to everyone. You know, I first hope that I'm an example to everyone as a true believer. There's a lot of ministers that have the title, but they aren't truly, wholeheartedly serving the Lord. They're hiding behind a mask, hiding behind falsehood pretending to be something they're not. Because we've got a world full of gullible people that if I can get from them what I want, I'll give them what they want. When you give out God's Word, a lot of people don't want that. You know why? Because it requires change. I have to change. And I don't want to give up my comforts and the things I like. But if it's connected to anything sinful, <coughs> you better give it up and flee your life from it.